All right. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate you being here. We know you don't have to be here, but you've chosen to. And I say that all the time, and I mean that. Uh, we know you don't have to be here, but you've chosen to. And we hope this will be a help and a blessing to you and encouragement as well. Would you please take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts with me? The book of Acts. We have been walking through the book of Acts and uh, if you don't have a Bible, we want you to have some sort of Bible. So if you have a phone, pull the phone out. Go ahead. It's okay. Um, download a Bible app. If you have one, we're using the King James Version. We want you to follow along with us so you know that uh, this is not ex what I say. Uh, this is what the Bible has to say. And by the way, if I ever say anything that ever goes against the Word of God, you can throw whatever I said out, Okay. Go ahead, because it's the Word of God that is the most important. And by the way, that goes for anybody who teaches or preaches here at Bible Baptist. The Word of God is the most important thing, and so we want you to be a part of that with us this morning. I'm sorry, I told you Acts 15. I want you to go to Acts 16. I apologize for that. Let's have a word of prayer, and we'll get started this morning. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this opportunity that you've given us. Father, I pray that each and every one of us today would take a thought for our lives. And Father, make sure that we are aligned with what the Scripture tells us. Make sure that we are aligned with what you've called us to do. And Father, may we live a victorious, powerful, uh, amazing life for you. And I pray that you just give us that opportunity. Father, we're so grateful for all you do for us. We just pray that your will be accomplished here today. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want you to raise your hand with me. How many of you have ever been discouraged before? Oh, see? Thank you for being honest. Okay? Most of us do get discouraged. Have, have any of you ever felt defeated before? Okay? Okay, maybe now as we get further down, you don't have to raise your hands, okay? Do you ever feel like throwing in the towel? Do you ever feel like giving up? Do you ever feel like the life that you are currently living is not worth it? Do you ever feel like you are on the wrong path and you just can't seem to get off that path and try to get onto the right path? Do you even know what the right path for your life is? Life is tough. Life is difficult. And no amount of money, no amount of friends, no amount of cars, no amount of relationships will ever make life easier. Life is just difficult. As hard as we will try, we will continue to be met on, uh, met head on, excuse me, with hardship and difficulty. It's going to happen. We may have times of ease and enjoyment, but those times will be intermingled with very, very difficult times. Man, I'm sounding encouraging already this morning, aren't I? Life is just tough sometimes. But let me ask you this question. How many of you would love to live all the time in victory? Anybody? Would love to live all the time in, wow, like seriously? Let me ask the question again. Raise your hands with me if you will, okay? How many of you want to live all the time in victory? Okay. Most of us want to live in victory. We want to live in uh, victory all the time. Most of us want to live feeling never defeated. Most of us want to live constantly looking on the bright side of things. Many of us would love to live steadfastly, um, no matter what life throws at us, we're just going to continue forward, steadfastly living for Christ. Now, this might sound unrealistic, 
How could I ever live not discouraged? How could I ever live uh, not feeling defeated? How could I always live victoriously? Might sound unrealistic because most of us have probably never met someone who has lived completely victoriously. Most of us have probably not met anyone who has lived a life never feeling discouraged, never being defeated. Most of us haven't heard that. But I want to read to you a story today about a group of people who did just that, who really enacted just that. No matter what was thrown at them, they just continued to move forward. They remained steadfast, and they continued on living a life of victory. We read last week, if you were here, about Paul and Silas and the fact that God told them no. They tried to go to Asia, and God said no. They tried to go to Bithynia, and God said no. And the reason he said no was because he wanted them to go to a certain place. He wanted them to go to Macedonia. And so sometimes when God says no, it's just so he can say yes to something greater. And so they received this call to go to Macedonia, and we pick the story up in Acts chapter 16 and verse 11. Now, I'm going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture. It's not something we normally do, so I don't want you to go to sleep. Okay, stay with me. Um, it, it's, I want you to pick up on two things. Number one, I want you to pick up on the amount of difficulty that these men go through. Pick up on the amount of difficult, difficulty. Second of all, I want you to see their attitude of positivity. Okay, so those are the two things that I want you to find as we go through this. Verse 11, the Bible says this. Therefore, loosing from Troas, we came with a straight course to Samothracia, and the next day to Neapolis. And from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city of that part of Macedonia, and a colony. And we were in that city abiding certain days. And on the Sabbath we went out of the city by a riverside, where prayer was wont to be made. And we sat down and spake unto the women which resorted thither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshipped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened as she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul, and when she was baptized in her household, she, she besought us, saying, I have judged, if ye have judged to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And she constrained us. And it came to pass, as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. And the same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this she did many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city and, and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe being, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. When they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. 
The keeper of the prison, awaking out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had been fled. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. And he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them by the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized, he and all his straightway. And when he had brought them into the house, he set meat before them and rejoiced, believing in God with all his house. Pretty long passage, but pretty incredible passage. So they literally have a call from God to go to Macedonia. And they go to Macedonia, they go to the largest city of that area of Macedonia, which we know to be Philippi. And they get there, and normally when they get into a city, Paul and Silas, the first thing that they do is go to a synagogue. Either there is no synagogue or they're not welcome at a synagogue. And so they go to the riverside where the people prayed. They spent time in prayer at the riverside. While they're walking around the city, though, there's this demon-possessed girl, and they, what she says is true. These are guys, they're messengers from, from God, and they're bringing us salvation, but she's not doing it as a proclamation. She's doing it to be derogatory. She's doing it to be a nuisance. She's following them around and just proclaiming this ridiculousness. And so they end up casting this demon out of this girl. And immediately after they cast the demon out of this girl, they are arrested for casting the demon out of this girl. They are arrested, beaten, and then put into prison. So if you will, they're not really having a good vacation in Philippi, are they? It's not really an enjoyable experience, is it? But in each of these things, Paul and Silas have an incredible attitude. And they just continue to seek out and tell other people about Jesus Christ. Hey, we're coming to Philippi and we're going to tell people about Jesus Christ. Well, there's no synagogue. We can't really do that, so let's do something else. And they just keep going. And they, they see this young lady and she's really ragging on them. She's mocking them incredibly. And so they say, listen, we're done with this. We're casting the demon out. Yes, praise the Lord. This is awesome. Then they get arrested and it just keeps getting bad, bad, bad. But yet they have an amazing attitude. In prison, they lead the Philippian jailer to Jesus Christ. Like, how do they maintain a, such a positive attitude? How did they do this? In fact, I want to show you a verse in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 and 9. Paul summarizes his feelings about these hard times. He says this, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken, cast down, but not destroyed. Can you, can you picture this? Hey, yeah, there's bad things happening around us all over the place. It's tough, but listen, we're not downhearted. We are not giving up. We are continuing to move forward. Listen, we are not distressed. We are not in despair. We are not forsaken. We are not destroyed. We are living in victory. Paul and Silas had an incredible outlook on their lives. Bad things were obviously happening to them. Bad things were obviously going to happen to you in your lives, but they were not letting them that defeat them. They were not looking at the things that they were going through in the moment. 
they had a different outlook. So if you will, they were not looking at the prison, they were looking at the prison keeper. They were not looking at the fact that they were arrested, they were looking at the opportunity that came from being arrested. They were not looking at the distressing demon-possessed girl, they were looking at the desperate need that she had. So many times in life, bad things happen. Tough times come, and it's discouraging, and it's hurtful, and it's frustrating, even infuriating sometimes. But unfortunately, no matter what we do, tough times will come. No matter what we do, life will beat up on us. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. I don't like telling you that. That's the fact of the matter. But here is also the reality. Paul and Silas say there is a way to stay victorious. There is a way to continue to keep our attitude positive. There is a way to constantly look on the bright side of things and know it's not standing in the mirror and saying, you got this today. Giving yourself a pep talk every morning. That's not it. There is a way to continue to stay positive. What might that be? If you're in the habit of writing things down, I want you to write this down. These men were living with an eternal purpose. These men were living with an eternal purpose. Listen, they did not have an earthly perspective. They did not. They had an eternal perspective. Listen, no earthly circumstance was going to pull them away from their eternal purpose. So their frustration with the demon-possessed girl did not discourage them from helping her out. Do you see that? They, man, listen, I'm telling you, if somebody comes to me and they start ragging on me and they start putting me down, what's my first reaction going to be? You're human. What would your first reaction be? My reaction would be to turn that around and start yelling and screaming at them. Right? Maybe put somebody in a chokehold because you got to stop, man. That's my reaction, not theirs. Not theirs. They say, no, 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 we need to help this young lady. We need to help this girl. She's hurting us, but it's not her. It's the demon inside of her. Their pain and suffering and even irritation from being imprisoned didn't defeat them from sharing Jesus Christ. In fact, it aided them in sharing Jesus Christ. Think about it. If they were never arrested, if they were never put in prison, they would have never had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with the Philippian jailer. You see, their perspective was just different. They were eternally fixated on their eternal purpose. You might ask, how in the world are you able to accomplish this? This is not normal human behavior. In fact, you just telling me about this makes me feel uncomfortable. Because like, that's, that's weird, Pastor Yeomans. You, somebody with that kind of uh, tenacity, somebody with that kind of excitement about bad things happening to them, they need to go somewhere. We have institutions for them. This is something that most humans don't do. We, we may think, man, I wish I had that, but I've never been able to experience it. Let me ask you this. How might these men have been able to accomplish this? How might these men have been able to accomplish this victorious life? How could you, people who sit here at Bible Baptist today, how could you experience this kind of victory? Well, one word, one word, it's faith. 
faith. You say, Pastor Yeomans, that doesn't make any sense to me. Faith? Faith in what? Faith that it will all work out in the end? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. And I just continue to be put down. It's not really working out that well. Faith that you won't be hurt again? No, it can't be that because I keep getting hurt. Faith that you won't have to go through any more? Yeah, I wish that was the case, but the more I trust that God will not make me go through anything else, he continues to say no and put me through something else. Faith that I'm going to be delivered from this hard time? I keep praying. I keep asking God that he would deliver me from this trial in my life, yet he continues to see fit to put me through it. Faith that it will get easier. The older I get, the easier it will get. Anybody else subscribing to that? Faith in what? Faith in what? Here's what they had faith in. They had faith that through Jesus Christ, they would have an impact. They had faith that through Jesus Christ, they would have an impact. They had faith that through Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ had called them to a specific purpose. They had faith that Jesus Christ wanted to use them despite their faults. Faith that their labor would not be in vain in the Lord. Faith that Jesus Christ was still working just like he was the moment he called them. Faith in the power and the strength of Jesus Christ. This is the faith. I want you to think about this. Paul, if you know any any amount of uh, Bible knowledge at all, Paul was on the road to Damascus. He was getting ready to persecute Christians. He was going to Damascus to throw people, Christians, in jail. And on that road, he's met by Jesus Christ. And that moment, he got a call from God. Hey, you're going to be a witness unto me, to all nations, and the Gentiles are going to be your first people. That's the call he had. He knew, he had faith, he trusted that God had called him to that, and he was going to perform it. He had faith. Hey, God, you called us here to Philippi, to Macedonia. You've called us to share the gospel with everybody we can. I have faith that you are going to do something. It is faith in Almighty God. So is this a random, insane trust? That you just throw out there and it's not based on anything? No, again, Paul and Silas had been specifically called. In fact, you remember the spirit said of Paul and Barnabas, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. They had a specific calling. Very specific calling. Paul had been specifically called to go to Macedonia. Their faith was not in vain. Their faith was on the person of Jesus Christ. You say, listen, how can I blatantly and openly just throw my faith on something that I've never seen? Listen, that's what faith is. It's exactly what faith is. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Evidence. Let's talk about the evidence, shall we? Paul and Barnabas specifically as we start, what did they begin to see? 
They are separated under the gospel. They go into Iconium and they go into Lystra and they go into Derby. And listen, what do they see? They see God working like nothing else before. Remember Sergius Paulus? Remember Bar Jesus? They have a confrontation and what do they do? They come out victorious. They have evidence. They have proof. They have over and over and over put God to the test and over and over and over. God continues to show up for them. Doesn't matter what they're going through. Doesn't matter what happens to them. God just continues to show up to, for them. You say, Pastor Yeomans, I've never had God show up for me. I've never had that experience. And listen, that may or may not be true, but can I encourage you with something this morning? We have a Bible here that tells us story after story after story after story. It's quite a thick book, story after story of times when God showed up for people. Abraham, David, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Listen, he just keeps showing up. So you can read this, and you know what they're written for? They're written for our example. They're written for us to understand. So you say, what in the world am I supposed to base this on? What am I supposed to trust in? Well, the same thing. You trust in Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ has a purpose for your life, too. Just like Paul, we think, Paul, wow, what a great Christian. I mean, what an awesome person he was. But you're, you're the exact same thing. You're, you're a human being that God has a purpose for. God has a purpose for your life as well. And we, guess what we have? We have the scriptures. We have the examples written for us. Consider these verses, Philippians 1.6. Being confident confident of what this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will what will perform it until the day of jesus christ listen how confident are you in jesus christ how confident are you that if he began something in you today if he said to you hey i want you to do this I want you to tell your coworker about Jesus Christ. I want you to be the best witness you could possibly be. I want you to do this. This is your purpose in life. How confident are you that he will perform it? Listen, you can hold the scriptures up and you can say, listen, by the word of God, I'm confident. I am 100% convinced that he called me and I am 100% convinced that he's gonna enable me. Philippians 1.6, 1 Corinthians 15.57, but thanks be to God, which giveth us what? The victory. Through who? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, because we have the victory, everybody, therefore, be ye what? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in what? In the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Listen, folks, just keep going. Listen, yeah, you might get sick and you might be in prison. We're going to find out later. Paul gets shipwrecked and he gets beaten and he gets stoned and all these wicked, horrible, bad things happen to him. Yet he says, my labor's not in vain in the Lord. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep pushing. I'm just going to keep working because I know that I can be steadfast in the Lord. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory 
that overcometh the world, even our faith. Guys, you want to live victoriously? You want to live excited? You want to look at the bright side of things? You want to go through life? Listen, no matter what comes at me, I'm just going to keep my eyes on Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. Verse 3 says, Consider him. Consider him, lest ye be what? Weary and faint in your minds. Listen, if you don't want to be weary, if you don't want to be discouraged, if you don't want to faint, if you don't want to be defeated, consider Jesus Christ. Keep your eyes on him. Because of him, it's worth it all. And you know what? He's going to use you. Let me say that again. He is going to use you. You don't have to ask the question, will he use you? No, he will use you if you're willing. You just have to say, here am I. I'll do it. You want me to? It'll be awkward, man. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. We're going to get thrown in prison sometimes. But you know what? You're just doing that to get me right where you want me to be. Man, that's a unique perspective, isn't it? Very unique perspective. But that's faith. It's exactly what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Listen, I have evidence over and over and over that I can't explain how God could do such a thing, yet he does, and here we are today doing a work that we would never even ask or think. You might say this, how do you know that Paul and Silas had this kind of faith? How do you know? Well, in this story, it pretty clear. Let me show you. Look at verse 18. Acts chapter 16 and verse 18. The Bible says this, and this she did, did she, excuse me, many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of who? Jesus Christ. I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her, and he came out the same hour. Listen, they were focused on him. They were focused on Jesus Christ. They were focused on what he could do. Listen, most of us don't have control over a, a demon-possessed person. Most of us don't have control over our own kids, let alone a demon-possessed person, okay? And some of you may think that your kids are demon-possessed. That may very well be true. Just kidding, that was a joke. Listen, we don't have control. But there's somebody who does. Jesus Christ does. And so listen, as much as we want to manipulate and as much as we want to control and as much as I want to slug that demon-possessed person right in the face because they're just bothering me, Jesus Christ has control. Looking to Jesus. Go jump down to verse 25. Verse 24 says, he thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the socks. Verse 25. And at midnight, Paul and Silas did what? Eh, just prayed and were singing praises to God. Boy, if I'm in prison, I'm not doing that. Woe is me. What could I have done to keep myself out of prison? Oh, those stinking magistrates, that government, oh, they shouldn't have done that. 
Nope, that's not at all what the Bible records for us. They're singing praise to God. Praise to the Lord. Woohoo! We're so happy that we're in here. Why? Because their focus was on God. God had a plan for them in that prison. God had a plan for them doing what he wanted them to do in that prison. Look at verse 31. When confronted about what they must, what this person must do to be saved, verse 31, and they said what? Believe on what? The Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. Just believe on Jesus Christ. Their focus in every hardship, their focus in every difficulty, their focus in every single thing that they went through was Jesus Christ. And they weren't saying, oh, Jesus Christ, get us out of here. That's our prayer most of the time, isn't it? God, remove me from this situation. That was not what they prayed. That is not what they did. That was not their focus. Their focus was not getting out of the circumstance, but simply how can we please God and glorify God in the circumstance. You see, it's just a perspective. It's just faith. It's just faith, not in getting out of the circumstance, but how God is going to use us in the circumstance. Everything these men did, they pointed everyone they could to Jesus Christ. They were convinced. Convinced. Let me say it again. Convinced that God was going to do something with them, and he did. And he did. Three people in this passage now have an eternal home in heaven because of the eternal purpose and the eternal perspective that these men had. Let me ask you this question. What if Paul and Silas were like you and I? What if Paul and Silas, like, you know, a little bit frustrated that there's not a church there waiting for them? A little bit frustrated that this demon-possessed girl's ragging on them? extremely infuriated that they got thrown into jail. Let me ask you, be honest with yourself, because I know my answer. Would there be three people in heaven today if they were like you and I? My answer is not a chance. Because I'd be so focused on my current circumstances. I'd be so frustrated that I got put in these positions anyway. I perhaps would have even shaken my fist at God. God, why did you even call us here in the first place? But they didn't because they had a faith and trust in Almighty God that he was doing something in them. Obviously, these three would not have gotten saved, and truthfully, many more from this point on would not have known Jesus Christ because of their poor attitude, but they didn't have that. So here's a frustratingly convicting thought. How many people have I missed out on because I did not have an eternal focus? How many people have walked by me in my frustration and they walk on without having heard what God had called me to tell them at that moment.
So these men see many people saved. And listen, it's great to see people saved. But not only did, did they see these people saved, they just had an incredibly victorious, non-defeated outlook on life. They have, if you will, true joy. Joy that cannot be stopped. They are having an eternal impact. Do you want that kind of life? Do you want to have that kind of impact? Do you want to live victoriously? Listen, this is written in the Bible not because they're something special. It's only because they trusted in Almighty God. You may walk away from this message thinking, okay, I'm going to try harder. Don't do that. Because it's not going to be you. There's got to be Jesus Christ in you. And you just got to trust him and you just got to follow him and realize that he is doing this for a reason. Do you want to get your life on the eternal track? Living for Jesus. A life that is true. Trying to please him in all that I do. Listen, every single one of you were made for more than simple earthly perspective. You were made to have an eternal purpose, and you were made to live a victorious life. And that life is open and available to every single one of you. I want to give you two more verses and we'll be finished. The Bible says this in Romans chapter 8 and verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Verse 37 says this. Nay, in all these things we are what? More than conquerors. Through who? Through him that loved us. Through Jesus Christ, we cannot be defeated. Hear me. We cannot. Not we should not. We cannot. Through Jesus Christ. What, what shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulation? No. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. In Jesus Christ. Nothing. Guys, we live victoriously already. The victory has already been won. It's like luggage at the, at the airport. It's yours already. Just go to the baggage claim and get it. Victory is already yours. You just have to trust that the Lord is doing something in your life. We can all live victoriously. We don't have to be discouraged. We don't have to live in the here and now. God has an eternal purpose. Just trust Him. And He will, He will perform that which He has called you to. He will allow you to have an impact, an eternal impact, if you will just entrust your life to him. Listen, we can live victoriously. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Father, I pray my own life. Father, I don't stand here before these people in any victorious fashion telling them how it can be done because I've lived it. I just know that through your word it can be done. Father, I have failed in this so many times. And I pray that myself and every single person that sits in this room or anybody who hears this message online will, Father, have an awesome opportunity to live a victorious life. Free from discouragement, free from defeat, 
just looking for ways. As we talked about last week, an eager fire. God, give me the next. What's next? Show me what's next. And Father, that your will will be accomplished. We can't do this on our own. Help us to trust in you today. Father, I don't know where everybody sits. I don't know every person in this room. I don't know their relationship with you. Father, there may be somebody here today that has never trusted in you in their life. They've never accepted you as their personal Savior. They don't know where they're going. If they die today, they wouldn't know if they'd go to heaven or hell. Father, I pray that that would be the first place they trust you. And then from that trust, they will continue to trust you for the rest of their lives and do something powerful and great in your name and have an eternal impact. Father, we will give you the praise and glory for anything that's done good here today. Would you please help us? We pray all these things in Jesus' name.